This morning's Dharma talk is titled Intimacy, which was a topic suggested by Gokudo. I'll have her come up and give the talk. <laughs> so we all know, uh, conventionally all have ideas, it's a word we all often use in different uh, contexts. Being very close, being very friendly, being uh, there's a sexual aspect of it, and then there's just a, a having very close, uh, intimate, uh, personal, private, all of the various things that, that show up conventionally uh, for us. But uh, the fear of intimacy is maybe something I could say a few things about, is that will probably happen for you. Uh, if you're not completely intimate with yourself, if you're not really intimate with your own emotions and feelings, hopes and fears, and all the rest of it. And how do we do that? Of course, in this tradition, we say, I say, sit down, hold still, watch what moves, because what moves is the way in which we keep tying knots around ourselves so that we are basically not free tied up in our opinions, our ideas, cultural uh, structures, and so on. <clears throat> and we were talking this morning about the, a little bit about the, uh, the shooter out in uh, Las Vegas. I can't remember the name of the hotel there. Anybody remember that? Mandalay Bay. Mandalay Bay. So one of the things that's missing from that Whole, the whole of the reportage and everything is, um, as far as I know, there'd be something going on that I wouldn't know about. But any, any kind of going down into what that, the motives, the ideas, the, uh, the conditions and everything that uh, motivated such a, an activity. There's, it's just completely blocked off. It's like we just don't want to know that. We want to, what, blame. We want to come up with ideas about about it, about it, rather than actually look deeply and see oh, who that person was, what what was uh, what were the what were the original uh, structures perhaps that person was raised in or conditioned by. And even that wouldn't go far enough. So becoming intimate with the particulars of something uh, seems to be very important. And we can also talk about uh, personal intimacy, if you have questions about that or would like to discuss that. I'll do my best to respond. The, the personal intimacy side, the one thing that is, uh, has been mentioned, uh, not by me, but I'm repeating it, that I think is an interesting uh, aspect of intimacy, is the mirror side of that. You call it the downside or the difficult side of that uh, is grief, a similar kind of uh, emotional charge or feeling is going on there. Some, someone that you're very, very intimate and close to goes, leaves, walks out the door, dies, whatever may happen. And then uh, that same, a similar kind of uh, frequency or resonance happens in that area. We all had some of that. You have questions on that, Yoko Dome? Um, how it, um, you talking about becoming intimate with everything, yes. with your own feelings. Is it necessary to be intimate with everything? Well, uh, necessary. Uh, 
be hard to do that uh, in, in a you know in a broad way. It's hard to do that, but we could start by with ourselves, and and the way we notice that is notice the way we were shutting off certain parts of our own consciousness or feelings. We we have a, a negative feeling coming up, and as a meditator, you may be changing your your attitude towards this. You may look at negativity or feelings uh, that is triggered by someone out here, something out here causes or seems to be uh, uh, intimately connected with emotion inside. We tend to, the primitive way, or the, the, the uh, lower level of understanding comes out and blames that cause for this feeling, blames that person for how we feel. We see it all the time. And it just completely, it's just like it just takes all of your intelligence, all of your, all of the work you've been doing and just sets it aside so that you can just temporarily hate somebody. And how do we work with that? Awareness. Don't go in and start attacking it from the other side and start attacking it from the back and try to find some way to what? Conquer. The whole idea of trying to conquer something else is a misunderstanding. And it's not that there wouldn't come a time when you might have to fight back or go to war with something. You might, but do it out of your awareness rather than out of uh, some kind of, uh, as they say, knee-jerk reaction. Shoto. What's, what's the intelligence you're talking about? Just just the bare attention of seeing uh, that things are, are uh, there's a cause and effect going on that is not personal. And the cause and effect... Um, as long as there's some kind, somebody here, then emotions that come up will will be taken as I'm the one who's feeling that. As long as there's some kind of uh, agreement uh, deep down that I am somebody and I need to promote myself, I need to protect myself, I need to, I need to, need to. Uh, when, when we just shut off the whole, whole society, like uh, with the that shooter, the whole society just, just shuts off from that. No, no one's even interested in that maybe a few psychologists or uh, a few meditators might be uh, might be interested in, in seeing what not to let anyone off the proverbial hook, but why why wouldn't we look at it closer? Why wouldn't we look and see what what is happening there? What is going on there? More, less. Yeah, Joe Godot. What is the uh, relationship of intimacy and emotion? So two concepts that are endeavoring to point at something that's pretty difficult to even go there without some kind of a structure, some kind of concept. Um, I would say the, the intimacy could be there without a lot of emotion. The emotion may arise in, in that. So I would say the relationship is uh, always changing. You could have in intimacy without any particular emotion, uh, any strong, where it wouldn't be the primary thing that would be happening. It would just be very close and very uh, uh, deep. And the fundamental intimacy is, of course, as I won't be surprised here, is not separate. When there's fundamental uh, intimacy is understood, then then there's no there's no warfare. You would not go to war with your with a, a child necessarily, unless you were somewhat insane. Didn't you? What does it look like to become intimate with ourselves without maybe coming up with stories or reasons for why we do things? 
Okay. So uh, it would mean uh, not having stories or reasons for why we do things. They might be there. And of course, that's part of this causes that causes that as part of relative truth. When this happens, then that's going to happen. When that happens, then this is going to happen. So there's something to that. It's when we personalize it and make it like this shouldn't be that way. Um, second noble truth of the Buddha, wanting things to be different than they are. So what was your question again? I'll go to that part of it. Oh, what does it look like to become more intimate with ourselves? Uh, it, it, there's a few ways of characterizing that. How I would do it here would be to say that one would not be going there or abandoning this. Not One would not be moving in, in any direction towards anything or moving away from anything. Uh, nor assuming anything. Uh, the the traditional word for that is uh, shunyata, emptiness. Emptiness does not mean absent. Emptiness means no longer insisting on a separation based on how you feel. So you may still have very, very deep feelings. Your condition, your eye color is not going to change because you meditate. Your intense emotions about this or about that may not go away. They just won't happen to an individual anymore. And when they don't happen to an individual anymore, then they're just part of the trees and the leaves and the clouds and the fences and the cars and the noise. No longer taking a position. More. When you say uh, become more intimate with yourself, who is the self that we're becoming more intimate with? It was an ego. You're sitting down and you're looking at your self-centeredness. You just look at it and you look at it. And then it goes and then you watch that. And then it goes this way and it pushes on this, pulls on that. And you watch that without adding, subtracting, dividing, without doing anything with it. You just, it's very a forensic kind of approach. You just look at it. Don't contaminate it with more bullshit. Just look at it. Just look at it. And then depending on causes and conditions that are very hard to track. I'm not saying they're, you couldn't track them, but. Not necessary. Uh, just to go in and see that eventually, through some kind of eventuality, uh, it could, it may, it might just uh, stop fussing with everything, not taking any position. This sometimes shows up, depending on the person, uh, sometimes shows up as uh, humility. The person who is uh, thought of as humble is not going to particularly think that of themselves. If they do, then it's probably not humility. Yes. Using the uh, shooting example, yeah. you suggested to or commented on how you know, don't go down and see maybe the motives and other yeah. things about situations. Is there something besides cause and effect that you're suggesting we look at by going into that? Uh, you would start with that. You would start with uh, why, like the talk yesterday was uh, 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 why, how, what, I think it was, something like that. And you would uh, you would take us a, a little bit of it. So you go in there a little. You start with well, well, why did this occur? And then you would look at the causes and conditions that were arising there, with the idea of in a, in a very fundamental, pragmatic way of finding out how this happened. So if we can address this kind of, a, of a, a issue in our society as a uh, situation where we could fundamentally do something about it, like they do in uh, what is the Brevitz, Brex, what's the fellow's name? Anders Brevis. Anders Brevitz, Bre who killed how many children? Something like 88 in Norway. And, you know, and then instead of taking him and uh, getting a big hammer and smashing him, him over the head with it, or locking him away forever in a tiny box and torturing him somehow, in other words, blaming him for what happened, actually see it as a very, very intimate situation. This is a, don't misunderstand me. 
not not uh, doing away from the horror that happened there, but it's a very, very intimate situation that happened, extremely. He, he actually, he went down, and out of his anger and his hatred and his uh, fear, he went down and killed tiny people. Horrible situation. But what did they do with him? And I don't know, other than the news, but uh, it looks like they're trying to maybe help him. Duh. Maybe look at that as a as a as a, a, a broad instead of taking it personal and hating him and and complaining about him and why did this happen and excuse me thinking up reasons for this or that actually to put him in a container where you can't continue to do that and then uh, maybe what educate him I mean maybe try to find out where that difficulty is happening there and work with that as intelligent human beings why not do that just like all of the the sexual abuse, uh, whatever you want to call it, that's happening everywhere. You don't hear anything being said about trying to help the people who are causing this. You just hear about blame, 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 blame. And of course, it's long overdue that people start uh, bringing this into consciousness and become more intimate with what is happening to these people who were invaded in a very, very intimate way. Might not think of that as intimate, but it's very, very close and it's invasive. So let's let's find out what what is that? Why we start out with why, but then we need to see see what is that? And of course, this is why I always say say all the time. I'm saying right now, you want to help the world, become sane. So you're one of the tiny um, human beings that actually are no longer fighting with anything. Because just about everyone you see has their opinion, their ideas, their judgments. What did I call them this morning? Helpinions. A helpinion is uh, something I think you should do. Therefore, I'm helping you along with my opinion. You should meditate. I think I've told a couple people that in my life, and the one of them has not talked to me since. So did I help him? Yes, sir. How do we know... Uh the balance between uh, uh, help trying to help someone else, and then you also said there's sometimes when we need to go to war or pray. I'm not sure. To me, it's, yeah. we need to protect ourselves sometimes. How do we know? Well, if you're if you're attacked, then you know if somebody's coming at you, run <laughs> or hide or I mean very conventional kind of things. There isn't not any uh, uh, high high level of thinking that does that. But if you can avoid uh, the, the continued uh, warfare, you know, we can't, we, we, we can't really start at the top and start to eat our way down into it, like they're quite often they're doing in politics and everywhere. They're, it's just uh, quite tiring to listen to people hammering at each other and arguing over things that are are uh, and they're bringing to the table, so to speak, all of their confusion. People are showing up, highly intelligent people. That's why it's so. Difficult to see. Really, really smart, intelligent PhDs and what have you are showing up, and, and with a whole armload, bucket load, buttful of uninspected passion, aggression, ignorance, and it's it's to someone who does what we're doing here. Uh, it's, it's obvious. It's so obvious that you can't hardly even talk to the person. Because they're so full of themselves, this is how they look. It's like all their all their eyes are put out. 
and this is not taking away their intelligence or their ability to see, of course, but start where you are, as it says on the cover of uh, Pema Chodron's book, which I think our friend over in Kalamazoo named, doesn't matter. But to start, you know, so start right on that, start with this aggression. You see the aggression in the world, I'm saying start, work on this aggression. And as, uh, as it says in the poem by uh, Kabir, uh, if you, if inside of you, if, if here you have a loaded gun, how can you have God? So how can you have truth or reality uh, if you're walking around with a loaded gun, sitting around eating lunch with a loaded gun? Become intimate with that. Become intimate with your own anger rather than go out and point out the anger and point out the suffering uh, and point out the, uh, not the suffering, but point out the uh, uh uh, ignorance and uh, violence and, uh, and so on in the world. Yes, we all we all can see it. We know about it. But let's work with this, and then whatever happens here, then we then we will have anybody we come in contact with will will uh, be uh, hopefully affected by that. May may begin to see the value of training their minds. Very slow process. This has been going on for I could say billions, trillions of years. No point in counting things, something that's uh, uncountable. This is just our lifetime, just a little dot. <laughs> uh -huh. Yes. Um, the quote was, if you have a loaded gun in, in your, your heart. heart, how can you have God? Yeah. So we were talking about the Larry Nassar case. Yes. And just watching the verdict in the courtroom, um, it's not that we don't have to protect people and have that come out. Yes. But it seemed like the judge said, I just signed your death warrant. You know, everybody's cheering. And it's like, it seems like it's we're conditioned to have a loaded gun to blame yeah. that person individually. But it's so rampant in society to get charged up and blame something. And we're part of it. So how, in the midst of all this, how can we work with each okay. other? Okay. So first of all, look and see the degree to which you want to be known as a certain kind of person. And you don't want, if someone is uh, doing this, charging back and forth and blaming and everything, and you're not joining in, people will look at you and say, so how do you feel about this? And then you will, if you don't come in and condemn him in the conventional way, then you will not be showing up so well. And I'm not saying he needs to be uh, vindicated, of course. I mean, he's a, it's a horrible, sick situation that he was, what he was doing is uh, it's horrible. But let's let's find out a way to work with that. You could say it this way. I'll say it very conventionally. Let's see how what happened with him. So perhaps uh, we could stop that from happening. Does that would that be a silly way of approaching it? You know, see see how that happens. Most of and I haven't done a scientific research on this, but most of the people who tend to get. Uh, uh, go into other people's territory in that sense have had have been invaded themselves when they were very young. So sometimes that it touches into really intense emotions, uh, and those uh, intense emotions are might be covered up because of pain, suffering, or whatever. And then one gets into an intimate, from the perspective of someone like Larry Nasser, he probably felt he needed that kind of intimacy, and I, I'm not. Don't misunderstand. I'm not saying justifying anything. I'm just saying that we need to. What what is happening there? Not so much why, 
But what is the whole the big picture of the whole situation? To find that out would really help us uh, work with how that would occur and look at the whole uh, institution that didn't want the embarrassment. So a lack of intimacy there. They're not intimate with the people who work for them. So it makes you look at that uh, situation. I remember when I was going to the Art Institute of Chicago many, many eons ago, in the early 60s. And when I saw that I was, I was not really going, going to get any help there for what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a great artist. If I haven't shared that with you before, I'm doing it now. That's changed somewhat. But I, but I didn't get help. I would go to people, and then I felt I was being sincere, but I, I, I just got people who, who were artists themselves and resented that they had to teach them uh, because then they couldn't be artists uh, off in the loft somewhere at Garrett painting pictures. They had to be teaching these dumb art students. And I probably was really a, a pain to teach because I, I lacked so little uh, natural ability, so I was probably considered a waste of time. So intimacy operates on lots of different levels. That fellow who shot everyone out in Las Vegas, that was a that, um, intimacy. It's very, very, you're taking someone's life uh, more intimate than that, um, of course, on the negative side. But that's that ne it needs to be looked at. We need to get right down and look at that. How do you do that? Sit down, look at the wall, spend a lot of time. Doing that. If I if someone came to me and asked me about it before I would have them do anything, I would have them sit for a few weeks or months, then go investigate it. But first, let's deal with all of the negativity that, uh, in, in a certain sense, or the metaphor would be: uh, wash your hands before you start operating on somebody. Uh, put put on scrubs or whatever to prevent. In, but if you go to work on something, you, the invisible karma that you're bringing your own um, uninspected aggression uh, gets triggered by, by what you see there. You start working with it in a, in a negative way, different kind of intimacy. Yes? Can intimacy have a lot of distance or space? Oh, yes, of course. Uh, one of the, the uh, in, uh, uh, listening to music uh, can be very extremely heartbreakingly intimate uh, music. Uh, this is what the arts are all about. It's bringing a vast impersonal world uh, down to some kind of a level where you're actually looking at the whole universe through the lens of your own eye. This is what this uh, great painters, great musicians, great composers, great writers, uh, even great uh, politicians, which there aren't many, but more. If we're not fighting with anything fundamentally is intimacy just the case yeah very good yeah. we there's no credential there so you're not going to you're not going to know i'm so intimate with everything the minute you even go there at all you immediately seal everything off because you're all wound up in your own little cocoon of me 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 and how intimate i am but the intimacy is without a self it's without a it's without an agenda Yes. Um, you had said that grief can could be considered an opposite to intimacy, and I was wondering if um, when we are grieving, if there can be a type of intimacy that arises there? Well, I think that, I think it's, uh, I think it is intimacy, just on, 
you know, a sense of loss and a positive intimacy is how much we love someone, care for someone, appreciate someone, treasure their, their treasure them, value, you know, their, the, that feeling on a personal level. And then if, say, if we lose that person, then that's just, as they say, you know, ripped away from us, the circumstances, situations, just take them. And then we, we, that intimacy is no longer there. So we grieve. I don't know if I can say it in another way other than we, we miss them. And so that missing is like, it's like you can't, you can't fill it up. You can't. So somehow we, you could do, you know, we might over time start to put things on top of it, ideas and patterns and so on. But, uh, you know, ideas about that, uh, little lectures from ourselves or from others, well, you just need to let it go or you just need to get over it, or put it, it's in the past and, you know, not helpful, not helpful. A person should be in the middle of that. And should, if they were going to kind of come to me and ask about it, I would just stay there until the door is open. Don't leave the theater until it's over, until it's done, until it's, don't, don't leave. It's hard to do that. Seems like there could be. I pointed at you, I'm still looking at him. Now what? <laughs> Go ahead. If I can come back to him. I know him really well. When it feels like we've lost someone or something, have we really lost anything? Well, that's uh, not really. But then, then uh, the thing is, is we if we get it too much into the philosophy or the concepts around it, then we actually start to abandon the very emotions or feelings that are arising. So technically, we can't you can't lose what you never had, and you also can't to get fancy about it. You can't lose what you're not separate from. Life and death is important, but there's it's much transcend what we're endeavoring to understand transcends living and dying. You can't can't lose something you're not separate from. It just changes. If somebody goes in the other room, have you lost them? Just because there's no door to come back in right now. Or, yes, back in the back. Okay. Um, as we develop a deeper love for ourselves, how does that affect the way we treat people? So your deeper love for ourselves, the way I talk about that is to say we just stop uh, evaluating uh, and judging and condemning. And so uh, but uh, the idea of love uh, for ourselves is uh, kind of tricky. And so I would say just look really closely at, at what this is, what the sixth sense feels operating. And uh, if, you, if you make friends with whatever this is, find out what it is. You won't be able to tell anybody about it. If we, uh, you make friends with this, uh, then you, you can really be friends with others, even though what they're doing is unacceptable. Uh, the way they're maybe treating you is... Uh, not so comfortable, but you're. But they're not an enemy. There's a such a thing as uh, called anger without hatred. It means if somebody abuses you or gets in your way or something, you can be angry about it. We're not doing away with anger, but the hatred part is is the, is the extra. That's coming out of the self-centeredness that wants to be right and wants to protect itself. So meditate a lot. Start now. Do it the rest of your life. Quick question. He said. The love with ourselves could be kind of tricky. Yes. Like, because it's close to narcissism. It's close to uh, self-love where we get all infatuated with how wonderful we are. This is not self-love. This is uh, uh, in the sense that you're asking about it. It's self-love in the sense of attachment to a solid self that needs to be right and that can be harmed by others and, uh, and uh, yeah, and on and on like that. So that needs to be investigated from the perspective of this uh, spiritual path, there is no solid self. 
and seeing there's no solid self, then then the kind of love that arises then is universal, and it's uh, there's no uh, everything is uh, included in that uh, love. And this is a, not just in the Buddhist tradition. This is a other traditions, agape or transcendent love. Karuna is the Sanskrit word for that in our tradition. Thank you. Welcome. So, in a in a situation of community like on a Michigan State yes. campus or in your family or whatever, yes. um, anger without hatred, it seems like sometimes a, a situation mandates enforcement of boundaries to protect mm-hmm. people. Like, yes. so how um, how to how can that energy of anger be used to support helpful boundaries without hatred? Well, I think uh, the obvious situation is, is to be really aware of your own negativity. Be aware. You don't have to get rid of anything. Getting rid of something uh, from this, uh, uh, in, in this uh, uh, tradition, uh, this is how getting rid of something looks. Here's the something, and that's how we get rid of it. We cover it up. But uh, get uh, actually relating to it appropriately is leave it open. Let, let the anger, let the disturbance that you're having, that someone, someone, some other thing has triggered, allow that to be there. Don't shut it down. Don't push it away. Don't start the clock running to see how long it's going to stay there. But just let that be there. That would that would actually help you, because it would help you. You would see that when someone got close to you who was uh, angry, you'd notice your own anger start to resonate. So that way you could uh, have a more equitable relationship to that negativity, and that would help you see more deeply into others and see that their anger is uninspected and that they're blaming others, and that they're coming out of the same kind of little cramped space of me, 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 and my stuff, and my anger, and my hatred, and what, what I don't like. We, we see it all over the place, all over the news. Uh, one last question. Um, what is the grief that tends to arise after we've been sitting for a while in meditation, the grief? It could be called grief. Uh, I, I think it's just sadness. Uh, but the kind of sadness, uh, you ask about it, but it's a, it's a sadness of there's some kind of loss taking place. And you could, I'm not pinning, pinning this on anyone or saying this is the way it always is, but when one practices a lot, the self that we thought we had, that we were uh, enamored of, ego, uh, is starting to crack and go away and become unreal. And uh, the the consciousness that is being is in the process of being liberated is still feeling its attachment to that. So grief, uh, intimacy is attachment. Grief is attachment. We're not, not we're not talking about bad, good or bad. We're just saying there's a connect, saying a connection. Go ahead. Is there grief or intimacy without attachment? Is there what grief or intimacy without attachment? If you were to see for yourself another, could you still? have some form of grief or intimacy? Perhaps, yes. How would that look without the attachment? Love. Grief and intimacy both love. Yes. How would you see grief as love? Mm, I don't know. How do you see it? Appreciation. That's not bad. You appreciate. You allow something to be what it is. You don't... uh, Realization or transcending this world doesn't mean the world goes away. It means that it it might 
it might snap out of its out of its uh, preconceptions that you've been, been haunting you all your life, thinking you're solid and somebody else is solid and, and that you can win or lose. It may snap out of that into what is called emptiness, but then it all comes back as just this. So there's still going to be emotions and feelings happening, but they happen, as I like to say it the way I often say it, without a self. So the emotions are coming and going. You still can be terrified. You still can be sad. You can still be happy and uplifted. And But there's no solid being that's insisting on anything anymore. It's a very ordinary feeling, very ordinary situation. If someone takes something away from you, it's gone. Something gives something to you, you bow. Very simple situation is happening. Welcome. Yes. Uh, one last question. Michael Worthington here. Yes. He says, isn't love attachment? Yes. Unless it's not. A leftover question from yesterday's talk, Gary Huey. Gary Huey. From Traverse, he asks, why does no separation equate to no self? You often talk of these as if one is the natural outcome of the other. Yeah, so no, no separation is just a way of saying that the fundamental nature of what we're all hanging out in here, called a human life, you know, I'm sure you noticed at some point, some point someone pointed out you were a, a person and they gave you a name and told you uh, pick up your toys and stuff like that. And you got, kind of got conditioned into thinking you're somebody because there's a consciousness is manifesting through a physical organism. Uh, so, uh, what was the question? How does uh, no separation equate to no self? So seeing the, the separation of being a, a person, uh, eventually we begin to see that we're not, uh, we're not separate. And when you see that you're not separate, then the solidity of a, of a, of a, of a being that is separate or ego Excuse me. It's it's not separate from any any other uh, uh, person or entity. No matter how confused they are, we're not separate from them. Separated, yes. Fundamentally, not separate. To see that the the self centeredness uh, dissolves in the conventional sense, it dissolves. There's there's still still somebody there. I I talk about it as a discontinuous identity. So anytime you need an identity, it pops up. Somebody says your name, something shows up. As an apparent you, you don't mind. You're not trying to convince someone that you're you're some kind of holy spiritual person who has no ego. You're just a present. You're just here. You're just functioning very ordinary in a very ordinary way. And what do you understand that others don't? Not separate. I have to remind everybody that we do have donation boxes in the hallway for both the teacher and Sukukoji. We appreciate and rely on your financial help. We also have PayPal that this, and the debit and credit cards that Junshu can help with. May the merit list penetrate into all places so that we and every sentient being together can realize the